Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Inspired Choices Network. I am your show tonight of Financially Speaking, and I am here every Monday and always excited to talk money and opportunities on how to understand it better because everybody definitely can do that. That's all we that's all we focus on here in when it, you know, sometimes you hear that word F, that F word finance, and it scares people a little bit. But the reality is uh, finance is your stuff. It's just your home and your family's stuff. Like whether you have money coming in that is greater than the money going out, or which is our which is our goal, of course. Or if you're the other way around and you have more money going out than you have coming in, then that's when we want to make some changes. So that's what we do here is we, we just uh, talk about everyday topics and we talk about some financial concepts and strategies that help us understand our stuff and just really get a hold of what it means to be financially independent and financially secure. So we aren't keeping up with our neighbors and we aren't competing with our cousins and our our friends around the corner or in another country or in another city. Uh, this isn't about keeping up with the neighbors or keeping up with the, the relatives. This is about keeping yourself in a, a balanced, happy, enjoyable state of mind and, and your family in a happy, uh, happy circumstances where they can enjoy their life. And you spend a little bit of money and you save a little bit of money and you invest money for the long term. And that makes everybody happy because you're able to do all the things that you want to do and accomplish in your, in your life and your goals and for your family. Uh, that's what we do here. That's what our goal is on financially speaking when it comes to money and finances. But uh, really in general, that's what it is here on the network where we talk about having the support that you need for various um, circumstances or various uh, moments in your life where you might need a little extra support. And that's what we do here on the network. There's a, an opportunity for you to check in with so many different great hosts that are here and different topics on the network where you can get the support that you need, get some advice that you need, or even just get that reassurance sometimes that you just, you kind of feel like you need to, you might be right, but you just need to hear it from somebody else. And that's the beauty of the Inspired Choices Network is we're just here to help elevate everybody in their life and make their make their world a little bit better. And in turn, when we make our world and our lives a little bit better, we're making other people's a little bit better. And, and wouldn't that just be a great thing to spread as a pandemic uh, instead of this negative stuff that we're dealing with right now? It'd be nice to spread some good stuff as a pandemic to say we're all raising ourselves up and becoming financially responsible. And, and in turn, that will help people who need help and, and uh, take some of the stress off the... Uh, public purse, which is also our money, by the way, <laughs> uh, no matter which country you're in, the public purse is your money. So by taking some stress off the public purse, take some stress off your personal finances, uh, that should help take stress off for everybody around the world. And I know that sounds a little bit maybe too optimistic, but I really believe that if we look after ourselves, then by doing that, we look after each other. And once we look after each other, well, that just takes care of um, the spread around the world. And, and I personally would rather spread that than I would rather spread this other uh, disease that's going around. So we have been talking 
um, about finances during this pandemic. And tonight, that's what we're going to wrap up our series on. Uh, we talked a little bit about how to survive in the pandemic, some tips, some things to watch for us. We've talked about some government money that's available in terms of grants or loans or our business opportunity uh, um, plans, if you will, for getting some funding, because I know it's not just individuals that are struggling. It's also a lot of businesses that are struggling. We have um, around the world, a lot of business, small businesses that are, are struggling to get by. Some that have closed will not be reopening. There's a, a very, you know, it's, it's it's sad because every day, including today, we hear the reports on new COVID cases and the number of COVID and, and how many cases there's been and, you know, record number today reported and so on and so forth. But we haven't heard the another scary number, and that's how many businesses are failing and are going to not reopen and will, will have failed due to the pandemic. And I, and I would be scared to share that number because there's an awful lot of businesses, out, small businesses out there that... Uh, either got caught at the wrong time or in the wrong industry and the pandemic really just annihilated them. And that's a very scary thing because to me, I look at it not just as a business that didn't make it. Uh, it's somebody's dream that they started this business and it's a family because for every one person, every entrepreneur that started it, they've had support. They've had people behind them, encouraging them. They've probably had people invest money. <coughs> Sorry. They uh, gets me all choked up thinking about it, but they've all had um, some people and some finances that are behind them. So it's a whole family. It's not just the business or the business owner that that didn't make it. It's it's a family that that also took that as a as a huge loss. So that's another thing that I I, I don't think gets the right attention, quite frankly, and I don't think it gets a lot of attention because. I don't think most people realize that small businesses make up roughly 70 to 80% of GDP. And that's a huge number when we're talking uh, a gross domestic product number, which is for those of you out there, um, that is just the accumulation of all the goods and services in our economy. So when you think about that, that's a huge, huge number that the small businesses make up. And it's a very important part of our economy, the small businesses. And I struggle um, because I'm a big fan and a big supporter. And I know in my financial practice and way before my financial practice, when I was, I've always been in business and my family's been in business. And I've always been a very, very, very big fan of people who go into business because it's not easy making that decision, making that transition. And certainly not <laughs> that easy making that financial commitment uh, because you're giving up work and you're now 100% relying on yourself. There's no paycheck unless you make it happen. So I find it exciting, but I also know that it can also it can be very scary for people. And for those people now that need the support, need the help, um, it's it's frustrating in one hand to see. And I get the big businesses. I do. I get it. They're a big part of a community as well. But I don't think people really know or understand that that one business that employed one person or two people or three people, or just it was a husband and wife, not even other non-related staff members, how much of an impact those have when you add them up on our economy. It's huge. It's, it's absolutely staggering. And um, it's, uh, it's quite frankly scary because if it wasn't for these people taking the risk and every single big business, by the way, 
started out as a small independent entrepreneur, every single one. Sam Walton started Walmart and it was one man and his dream and one store and McDonald's started with the McDonald brothers with one restaurant and two brothers and one location. It And the list goes on. Steve Jobs, we all know he started in his garage with Steve Wozniak and that's how Apple came about. And the stories go on and on and on right all the way to from Amazon and Microsoft and all those big companies that we hear about. They all started as a small independent entrepreneur who grew a business and sacrificed time and money and family sacrificed time and money to take the risk with them. And when we see the success stories like the Amazons, the Apples, the Walmarts and so forth, we forget that that's actually how they all started. And then sometimes maybe they forget that too, quite frankly. But uh, I always like to see the opportunity of, you know, when I see these small businesses and I think maybe, maybe you're the next Jeff Bezos or the next Steve Jobs or the next Bill Gates or whatever the case is. I think that, you know, the opportunity and the, the excitement is always there. So tonight we have talked about small businesses in the pandemic. We've talked about the, the, in the hesitation for them to be in business or reopen their business, the inability for them to reopen their business, depending on where you are in the world and the government mandates. Um, I know in Canada, I know in the U S they've had, there's a lot of uh, whether you open, rather whether you reopen, whether you reclose. And I know in different areas, there's been uh, forced clawback on either hours or a uh, number of people you can have in or requirements. I mean, we've had some people move back into the stage two section where you're limited on what you can do in your business and your people that you're allowed to have in it. And how many hours you can be open and the capacity you can be at. And uh, people don't realize that that's scary stuff when you don't have the ability to control your own finances and you don't have the ability to be able to pay your bills. So it's when you think of the business. So if you're, if you're at home or you've been off or mandated off or furloughed or whatever your situation is where you have been impacted by COVID, 19 and your employment you're probably qualifying for and don't get me wrong I'm not saying this is the best thing that's out there but you probably have qualified for something with the government uh, programs where they're giving some kind of grant money and here you know in Canada where I am uh, they have the emergency response benefit that uh, they have been providing to Canadians uh, they've got a revised program where I, we talked about it before when we talked about taxes and this one is going to be a net of tax uh, program, which means they're going to withhold the tax because they realized that for the first seven months, people probably didn't really were think, weren't probably thinking about their taxes and that the, that is actually income coming in and they'll be taxed on it next year when they file their taxes. So this time they're withholding the tax. So they have, any individual that's receiving those, although it's not the best answer in the world, there is at least something coming in to help you keep the lights on in your house and, and buy your groceries and put food on the table. For businesses, although they have some, some programs that you have to qualify for, uh, the reality of it is for every month that they're closed, that's a month of sales that they'll never get back. So that's the part that I don't think people truly appreciate or understand and that's where I feel a lot of uh, sympathy for them because if you've been closed as I know some businesses 
for three months and you've lost three months worth of sales, you still have three months worth of expenses. And whether your landlord participated in a rent relief program, which by the way, most did not, um, you're still responsible for paying your, your utilities and paying your rent and paying for, uh, if you have some staff that you had to keep on, you're still paying for them, even though the sales aren't there. If you don't have staff, then uh, that you had to lay off, then you have that risk of losing them if something else opens up and they don't come back to work. So there's a lot of risks that small businesses are really feeling right now and um, a lot of pain. So hopefully we will have some better, more permanent uh, answers on this COVID-19 pandemic and how it's going to help us move forward and, and when and how we're going to deal with it. But for the most part, I think that we're all in this together and we all have this information that we don't really have any information that's solid for the future for planning. And for people like me, actually, who are planners, that's uh, it's really hard because you're always liking to plan for the future and, you know, doing a business plan. And right now it's, it's a little tricky. But uh, hopefully we'll get through this and we'll, we'll work on it together and we'll support each other. And tonight we will wrap up our last little bit about the pandemic. I'll do a tiny bit of a uh, summary review on things that you know, we can do in this pandemic to help our finances and to watch for. But I think a lot of it, it's not just about the money. I think it's a lot of bit about our mental health too. There's an awful lot of... Um, articles and medical research that I've seen lately that is very concerned about our mental health and the isolation and the increase that they've seen in drug use and alcohol use and child support, child abuse and spousal abuse and depression and anxiety. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's very, very sad. It's very terrifying because we don't know what long-term effects this could have on some people. Um, it's going to be a, a, a stress on the health system. And getting back to my world in finance, it can also have an impact on uh, qualifying for life insurance. And I know maybe we don't think about that, but uh, I think, you know, I mean, obviously I think about it all the time because uh, I live in that world. But if people are thinking, well, I'll get life insurance and you don't realize what kind of impact this can have because this is part of the mental health questions and everything always, I always say everything relates to finance. I do believe that, but I don't mean it in a way that is, is ugly, greedy, or unproductive. So I think finance is just one of these tools in our life that we have and we use it. Money doesn't have any feelings for us, nor we should have for that, but there seems to be an awful lot of feelings on our side for money, but no feelings for money to us. So I always tell people, don't get so um, emotionally excited or attached with money because it's not stressing out and feeling the same way about you. And uh, there's lots of money out there. All we have to do is work on our mindset and work on our plan and go after however we're going to obtain it and keep it and make sure that we use it properly. So tonight we're going to just uh, take our first break of the night. And when we come back, we'll start talking about some tips and and tricks of coping and with the pandemic and money and, and how we can keep more of it and, and use it a little bit more effectively, I hope. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and we will be right back. 
Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking with your host, that's me, Kathy Cook-Noble, and you are on the Inspired Choices Network. And please always feel free to call in or write in or join us in the chat room. And that's for all our shows and all our hosts. We're always happy to hear from people and equally happy to hear from you on topics that you would like to hear. So a lot of my shows come from suggestions that people have made to me. Uh, they also come from me running by ideas from people to say, hey, is this something that concerns people that you know? Because in, in my world, I deal with it all day, every day. And it's normal and natural to me to talk about money and finances. And, and, and I used to think it was for everybody, but apparently it's not. And it's one of those topics that people get uncomfortable or, or nervous about or even a, a little bit uh, uptight about because they, they're afraid to talk about it. And, and, and most of the conversations I have with people, to be completely honest, are they're afraid to feel stupid and look stupid. And I hear that all the time. I don't want to, I don't want to sound dumb. I don't want to look dumb. And I'm, and I think there's no way that you possibly can because this is your money and nobody cares more about your money and your finances than you. And if you don't know a question that doesn't make you look dumb or sound dumb, that makes you look interested and, in, and certainly uh, in, important enough that your money is important enough that you're taking the time to find out about it. And I think that is more important than that second where you think that you sound or feel dumb. And if anybody makes you feel that way, you're talking to the wrong person. Because I think that every single person out there has the ability to understand what their household and their financial needs are. And if anybody tells you any different, then frankly, I think they're probably the wrong person for you. And they don't understand your real needs. So 
never feel bad about asking any questions because I guarantee you, if you're thinking it, there's a lot of other people out there thinking it. So if there's uh, a topic that you want to have uh, Mythbusters done on, um, and I'm sure that's a trademark name, which I don't have permission to use, so we'll just call it uh, debunking anybody's uh, confusion or myths in finance, then just let us know and we'll tackle it here on the show for you. Um, well, we've been talking the last few weeks about this pandemic as everybody else has, but we've been doing it from a perspective of finance. And first thing I'm going to tell you is uh, stop watching the TV every day, all day while you're home. It is sad and depressing. And it's going to tell you all about how it's going to repeat, 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 how bad certain things are. And if the market goes down, like it did today, they're going to talk about the market being down today. And <clears throat> some analysts are going to have ideas about it's being because of the pandemic. Some are because it's the election in the US. Some have all kinds of other theories about it. But um, the reality is over the long term, and this is where you really want to remind yourself today, yesterday, tomorrow, next week is the short term. And that might be scary for people to see these numbers. I'm not saying they're not important and I'm not saying they're not real. I'm just saying that over the long term, like everything, we know we will prevail and we know we will get through it. And if we are always working in a state of today and panic, then you'll never save money for the future and you'll never be planning for the future and preparing for it. So always remember when you're watching whatever you're watching on TV and whatever you're reading online, um, just remember you have a long-term outlook on your life. And, and if you don't, you should, and you should think about that. Think about what your long-term plan is and what your long-term outlook is for your life, for your household, for your finances. And then just remember, okay, today, yeah, the market was down, but over the long-term, you typically see it um, smooth out so that it's higher over the long-term. Uh, and that's what you want to keep reminding yourself. What's the long term for me? Is it 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? Uh, depending on your age and your plans, am I going to be retired in 10 years, 15 years, 30 years, whatever the number is? These are these are things you want to remind yourself. Okay, like if I'm here today in five years, does this matter? Is this going to how's this going to affect me? And just start by asking yourself those questions. I had. Um, uh, a really long time ago, my grandmother gave me this book. It's called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff at Work. And uh, I'll never forget the one chapter that I, is in there. And I actually photocopied it and had it underneath my desk at work because it was the chapter was being dead is bad for business. And the idea is you will stress. You can cause yourself a lot of stress and you will stress yourself into a physical state of illness and if that kills you because of all the stress and you have a heart attack over it, that's really not good for your business. And it's definitely not good for your household so that uh, people get into this state and then you leave behind, even if you're the, you have the most organized estate, which most people do not, but that's a whole other show. And we've talked about that before, but even if you had the most organized and needed state, it's still not easy for a business to carry on. If somebody suddenly isn't there, that is the owner or the the primary or principal res or principal uh, uh, worker. Um, same thing as a household, obviously, is, is there's a lot of negative to losing somebody that you love so quickly. Um, but that was one of the things that stood out in this book, that chapter, being dead is bad for business. And I thought, boy, I remembered it for 30 years and, and thought that is 
so very right. So anyway, those are things to, uh, we want to put in per, into perspective um, that this is, is, boy, does it ever feel like it's been dragging on and it has, has, has really been with us for a long time and our lifestyle has changed drastically, but we also know that we will get through this and we will, as a, as a country and, and as a world, we will overcome and we will definitely be successful in time. Uh, but talking about our finances through this, wow. So what do we do? Because we know that our finances either, everybody's finances have changed somehow. Either they might've gone up and there are people that definitely have had that happen, but a lot of people were talking about their finances have gone down. So what do we do? Well, the first thing is don't panic. Don't panic. Uh, nothing gets accomplished when you panic. So if you feel yourself panicking, take some deep breaths, uh, do some meditation, refocus, whatever it is that you need to do to calm down, talk to somebody, but uh, don't panic. And then as far as your investments are concerned, talk to your investment person if you have one. If you don't have one, then talk to yourself. <laughs> and if you do it yourself, then say, okay, well, let's have a look at my investments. Do I need to reba rebalance them? Do I have to look at my risk tolerance? Because you would have done all this when you set yours up. Say, okay, well, how am I doing? Am I, am I still feeling like I'm in the same category that I should be for risk tolerance? Is my portfolio balanced? If it's not, maybe I'll rebalance it. Stay focused. So don't panic and stay focused. And remember, you're looking on the long term and your goals. So this isn't just a short term strategy for your investments. Now, of course, within our portfolios, we have some short term plans. And I can tell you, most people, their short term savings was for vacation. Well, guess what? They're not doing the traveling this year that they thought they were going to do. So they're either going to uh, use that for next year if the opportunity presents itself or the money they didn't spend on their travel went towards a home improvement project or for those people who didn't do anything with the home improvement because they didn't need it that money just stayed right there and is growing for them for the the longer term so don't panic and stay focused we're looking at our long-term plans so when it comes to what we're doing in the investing uh, right now uh, sometimes we don't have to do anything at all sometimes we leave it the way it is we don't need to panic and cash it in and and make all kinds of drastic changes sometimes you know what our long-term plan is still good and if our long-term plan is still on track then we we leave it there um and then we let's do a little bit of planning while we're here so we don't we're not going to panic we're going to stay focused and we're going to do a little bit of planning and the planning is going to be Let's look at our short term and say, okay, do we have three months of expenses for emergencies? If we do, fantastic. Maybe we can save for four or five or six months and make that our goal. If we don't, then let's have a look at what we need to do to make sure we set some of that money aside. Um, there's a, a word budget I know a lot of financial people use. I just say track your cash. So make sure you have a, a plan to track your cash. If you didn't have one before, make sure you have one now. And tracking your cash is quite literally what came into the household and what went out of the household. And whatever went out, is it the most efficient, useful place that we can put our money and spend it right now? Or are, do we have way too many subscriptions for streaming platforms? So maybe we don't need to have six different streaming platforms because we can't watch that many at the same time anyway. And maybe a lot of the shows that we watch are duplicated on there, or maybe we're paying 
for streaming when we've only watched one movie on it and we've never used watched it again. So you know what, maybe we should be evaluating if that was the best use of money. There's always places that you can snip a little bit here and there from your, your cash flow and tracking your money. Um, if you're working from home, get a plan for that. Make sure you have a good place to work from home. If the kids are working from home because the schools uh, are on a modified system where you're either some days in the school and some days virtual, or maybe you're all virtual, uh, make sure you plan for that. That's their job. That's what they're dedicated to. Set them up so that they have a place to work, which is their desk. And that's where they do their schooling. And, and that's, that's their job. That's what they do. Um, if the kids are sent home, what do we do? We um, make sure that we have uh, the house set up and we have things in place where everybody has their proper workspace so that we can be efficient. And, and that gives you some organization, that gives you some structure, and that gives you some ability to plan to say, this is where you're gonna be working, this is where the kids are gonna be working. And it keeps you feeling you, like you have some control and it keeps your household under control instead of in chaos and panic. So those are some of the, the starting points that we're gonna to have tonight, just as we wrap up our conversation about the pandemic, we're up to our second break of the night. Um, the show goes just as fast as feeling as the year does sometimes and it just whips by. So stay with us. We're gonna take our second break. You're listening to the Inspired Choices Network and this is Financially Speaking. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble and I will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And we are wrapping up our um, conversations that we've been having about the pandemic and the financial side of things. 
both personally and professionally on how it affects us and small businesses. And tonight, I'm just giving you some tips that I think not just actually work in a pandemic, but in, in everyday life. But I think because we're there's more of us at home and there's more of us so, so very focused on our finances right now that uh, it's a good opportunity for us to take advantage of that. Because I'm also going to tell you tonight, out of all tragedy comes some opportunity. And that's one of the opportunities, believe it or not, out of this pandemic. And financially, one of the opportunities is it's, it's forcing a lot of people to look at their finances. And by forcing them, it means they're being more aware of what they spend and what they're saving, where they're saving it and where they're spending it. And frankly, once you have an awareness of your finances, that's really when you can start to do some spectacular things because so many people aren't even aware of what they spend. They're not even aware. Uh, they don't think at, at all $2 is very much money. And, you know, oh, it was only $1.50 or it was only $2 or $3 for a coffee or tea or whatever it is. So you drove through and you spent $3 and you did it two and three and four times a day. And then you multiply that by five days a week. And then you multiply by that, that by four weeks. And next thing you know, you've spent quite a bit of money on your um, coffee that's only $3. And, and frankly, it wouldn't take much for you to spend $100 a month on fast food coffees and teas because it doesn't take a lot for people to just at a habit drive through or, or, you know, if they're socially because we can't get together, you might just sit and have a coffee and in a parking lot or when you're social distancing because you can't go out and do anything, you might just drive through because you can't eat in and, and you know, next thing you know, you're spending $3 on a coffee or $5 or whatever it is. And those numbers add up. And now is the opportunity to look at that and say, geez, am I really spending $100, $150 a month on coffee? And does that make sense for our budget and our finances in our house? So the opportunity that you have now with the pandemic is to really look at it in your, in your financial household and, and make sure you know where your money coming in is coming from and where your money going out is going to. So a lot of people think that, oh, my money coming in is just coming from my job. Well, you know what? It could be, but it also could be coming from uh, an insurance settlement. It could be coming from a custody arrangement for support. It could be coming from government programs um, that you aren't looking at it to see that it's income. You just, oh, well, that's just extra money. It's not extra money. It's money that came from something because something had to happen for it to come in. So these are things that I, I really want people to look at and say, okay, where's my money coming from? Um, the other great thing is absolutely one of our comments is that you're not spending as much money eating out anymore and you don't realize how much you spend eating out. Uh, and I agree that groceries have gotten a little bit higher in costs, but uh, I know we still have to eat and you got to be careful. And, and the advantage that you have now is when you're looking at it, you can say, well, um, I can buy this amount of product in the grocery store for this much money, or maybe for uh, similar or maybe even a tiny bit more money, I get double the amount of product at a bulk store, you know, like a Costco or a Sam's Club or something like that. So you start to look at it, you think, well, maybe now that we're at home eating more, it makes more sense to buy the bulk and freeze it 
or do different things uh, with the meals and just, you know, spice it up a little bit, change it, change it up. And that's kind of the, the fun stuff um, when you get to stay at home and be a little more adventurous with the food. Uh, you can be cost effective and you can be at food. And, and I completely agree uh, with the comment about Costco <laughs> and uh, you just, yeah, you go into Costco and man, it, you know, I make my list and I stick to my list when I go grocery shopping, but Costco, it's like some magic something happens to you when you get there and it's just really really hard to stick to your uh stick to your list uh but it is uh it is kind of fun and and you get to go in there and see a bunch of new things and and well now you can shop for halloween and christmas all at the same time so you never know how efficient you can be with that um but what we want to do now is really focus on how we're going to uh, not be excessive with our spending. So my suggestions, I got a few suggestions for you. Um, set up a, if you can, and, and we've talked about bank fees in the past. So part of, with the exception of, of, of getting into how to save on bank fees and stuff like that. Um, let's just say if you can have another bank account, which you can, that doesn't cost you any bank fees at all. There's lots of accounts out there that you can get that are online, either the Tangerine or EQ Bank or Canadian Tire Financial or Manulife, all these banks that you can have online access, Simply, um, Simply Financial, all these ones, <clears throat> you don't have any fees. So zero fees. It doesn't cost you anything to have them. So if that's the case, why wouldn't you have one? And in some cases, they actually pay you interest if you can believe it. And they pay you referral fees if you to, as a signing bonus, if you will. So why not have a second account set up? Stop putting all your money in one account and force yourself on your paycheck. Have 80% of it go into your normal account and 20% go into your savings account. And then you can start to save money without even realizing you're saving it. And that immediately gets you into having it separated. It also gets you into the habit of not overspending. So if that debit card works and you're able to withdraw money, you don't want to have it so that you're able to withdraw all your money and deplete all your funds. So have that money set aside just in case you get a little overboard at Costco and you buy a little bit too much or, or you saw some pretty great deals and uh, you overspent. You can't overspend on all of it because you've set that money aside for safety. So set up a second account and just physically start to separate it. Um, look at your money on a weekly amount. So your gym membership might be coming out monthly or um, coffees and all that stuff. They might be, uh, they might be a monthly fee, like your subscriptions, <clears throat> but you can easily separate that out and say, well, okay, well, what does that cost me a week? So you can have a rough idea of how much it costs you every week to run your household. And then by doing that, you'll be able to decide um, where it is that you can do a little bit of cutting, or you'll also be able to, to drip a little bit of money from one area into the other, because you're now able to see where, oh, I can cut back on that TV subscription for whatever <clears throat> streaming it is. And there, I, therefore, I can maybe take that money and redirect it somewhere else, or I can cut back on my gym membership because I don't go there right now, or I can put it on hold or whatever the case is. Uh, start looking at things like that every week and then you can see where you're at. Uh, and don't be afraid to split up your savings. So not just between one account and the other account, but within your second account, 
you can set up another uh, ability to say, okay, this is my long-term, this is my short-term. And you can always start investing. You can start saving. You have the money for your vacation you're saving for. You have the money for your repairs at home you're saving for, your repairs for your vehicle, for your new vehicle, for your kid's education, whatever it is. We can definitely start to set that stuff aside and, and earmark it. Um, also, watch the bank fees. It's easy right now. Everybody thinks it's deferring. You can defer, you can defer, you can defer. And, and that's all I hear about people deferring. Uh, they defer their credit card payments. They can defer their mortgage payments. They can defer all kinds of payments. But people that word defer, people are not picking up on quite as easily. And it means you're still paying, you're paying it later. And you're paying the interest right now. Potentially, you can defer that too but you're still paying it. So one day all this deferring and you're not, if you're not being responsible and saving your money, now I'm all for, if you can defer and it doesn't cost you any difference between the principal and the interest, you're just paying it later, but you're saving that money now and you have it for later, then sure. The longer you hang on to the money on that particular, in that particular case, absolutely. I think that's great. It's the typical, statistically, what happens is people don't have the money when it comes later. And the best example for this is absolutely no different from deferring your payments now with the pandemic versus buy now and pay next year, no payments until next year when you buy new furniture. We've all seen the ads and you can go in, you can buy a new piece of furniture and you don't pay it until next year. Well, I'm going to tell you, most people, what happens is next year comes and they have not saved the money to pay the $1,000 off on the couch or whatever it is. And now they're into a high interest loan and the interest became retroactive from that day that it was bought. This is exactly the same concept as what's happening now with deferring payments and credit cards and interest. The banks are still gonna get paid. The mortgage companies are still gonna get paid. It's just a case of when and how much because you're going to pay that down the road in six months or three months or whatever your terms are. And you either are going to be ready for it or you're not because your household, very similar to what I said at the beginning about businesses. If you missed a month of income, you're not going to go back to work when work opens up and get paid twice as much because you're back at work and you're going to, you missed a month. That month is gone. So your income is gone. So you have to have made arrangements to either save whatever government program came in, whether it's less than your income, you gotta be really careful because now you're taking an income cut essentially. Or if it's more, then don't overspend it. This wasn't a bonus. This is money that goes towards the future. So if you happen to have gotten, your household got more money than what you normally would have on an income, well then guess what? That money is bonus. You don't treat it like extra income. You treat it like money that goes in your future savings. And that's what I would be doing, looking at all our money and looking at everything on where is it and where should it be so that we're very careful with what we're doing with it. Um, and frankly, if you are starting to look at your investments and you're starting to look at your costs, then now's a good time to start looking at all your investments and all your debts that you have. Is this a good time to um redo your mortgage. Interest rates are so low. Is this a good time to say, hey, my mortgage is coming up. Should I start looking at that now and see what it is? Uh, is it a good time to renegotiate a loan if I have a loan? Is it a good time to 
consolidate some loans together if you have lots. This is your time to start looking at it. Or if you had extra money, maybe is this the time to pay something off? Uh, these are all questions you need to ask yourself when you're going through your finances right now. And if we're at home and we have the extra time, now's a great chance to do it because I hear a lot of people always tell me, I don't have time. I don't have time. I never have time. You know, I work all the time and I got the kids and I've got to help clean the house. And I got, I get it. And they don't have time to sit down and have an honest look and conversation with someone about their finances. And sometimes that person is their spouse. So sometimes you just need to make the time. And I mean, you when I say sometimes, I mean, you definitely need to make a time, a specific time to sit down with your spouse and go through your finances and your planning. Make sure you're on the same page for retirement. Make sure you're on the same page for how your household's going to come out of this pandemic. Make sure you're on the same, same page on what you're saving for. I can't tell you how many times people have, I've talked to them and, and one person thinks they're saving for a vacation and the other person thinks they're saving for a new car. Or when they retire, they're going to travel and the other one thinks they're going to spend time watching their grandchildren. So make sure you have these conversations and that you guys, as a couple, you're planning the same plan because it makes things a lot harder and a lot more awkward when someone's packing their bags to go on vacation. The other one thinks that they're going to be sitting out back reading a book for the week. So make sure everybody knows what the other person's thinking. Uh, those are some options that we have in this pandemic and out of, out of tragedy can come opportunity. And this is the opportunity to sit down and say, Hey, you know what, you know how we're always rushing around and you've got an event tonight and I got an event and the kids got, we got to take somebody to hockey and ballet and piano. And we never seem feel like we see each other because we're so busy all the time. Well, guess what? You now see each other. You now have the time and you're not running around because all those events were canceled. There is no fundraiser to run to. There is no dance to go to. Uh, it's now your time to get your finances. So take this opportunity as uh, exactly what it is, a chance to sit down and, and review your money and your finances and your plans and your future. And with that, we are going to take our final break of the night. And when we return, uh, we'll just wrap up our conversation about the pandemic. Um, I'll give you a, a little bit of interesting stats, I think on people and saving and uh, we will get ready for moving forward just like we will out of this pandemic with our money. So you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network and we'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. 
Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and we've been talking the last few weeks, uh, just like everybody else really out there, is about this pandemic and COVID-19, but we've been talking about it from a personal financial perspective, and one of the things we were talking about tonight is just how to keep yourself uh, aware and focused on your money, and some ways you can cut and save for the future in the short term. And even though this has been a, a very odd time for everybody and, and new and scary in some cases, uh, it's also an opportunity for you to really get a firm grasp and look at your finances. And with that, uh, just to remind you, stop tormenting yourself about the stock market. Stop obsessing if you do about whether your investments are up or down. Uh, the reality is the market goes up and the market goes down. And at some point, we're going to have a resolution to this. At some point, we're going to be able to get back to seeing our friends and neighbors and high-fiving our buddies and playing sports. And when we do, things will start to surge with the market. And, and once again, we'll be back. You'll be back up. And right now, just accept that you're not going to cash everything in and take a loss. If that's where you're sitting, if you are not sitting there, then that's fantastic too. And you're not going to cash everything in <laughs> no matter what. So you're not going to, cause you don't need all your money right now. You're going to be smarter with your money and you're going to be more efficient because you're focused on it. Um, you're also going to get ready to have the banks and uh, those financial, not people like me, but the government finances poking around in your finances. They're not just waiting for you to come to them and say, Hey, you need help. Do you need money? We'll give it to you. No problem. Um, they're going to be checking your scores, your credit scores, and they're going to be saying, hey, you know that loan yet that we gave you when your credit score was higher? Well, now that your credit score is lower, we're going to charge you more interest on it, or we're going to um, cut back your line of credit because your credit score got, got worse, or we're not going to give you a line of credit, or we're going to deny the loan, whatever the case is, just be prepared that that's going to happen because that's the reality of the banking world and that's how they work. So uh, as supportive as it, as it can seem, it's also gonna have some downside coming where they may be administering some money for these government programs, but that's not their money, they're administering it for the government. So any money that you're borrowing from them, that's your credit card, uh, lines of credit, loans, car loans of any, you know, any kind of loans like that. Uh, just be sure that you're careful and with your money because it's affecting your credit score and your credit score is what impacts what the interest rate is that they charge you. So just be aware of that. Um, be careful. We don't want to be dipping in to all our savings to survive. We want to be smart and we want to be watching our money. And again, have that conversation with your spouse. Um, one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting is um, through this pandemic, and I, I, I suppose this is a little bit of a plug for my the world that I come from in finance, but it said um, the amount of people that are using a financial advisor has actually increased. So I thought that was kind of cool um, because uh, a lot of people don't use an advisor. And it was a study they did in, in Canada. One of the big banks did them. And they said that 62% of the people they surveyed expressed an intention to update or revisit their financial plan because of COVID-19. So it's forced them to start to look at it. 
And it's also forced them to go and, and find an advisor that they feel comfortable with. And they said just over half the Canadians that they surveyed, about 51%, they put a hold and, or if hit a pause, if you will, on their financial plans to reassess their goals and their priorities. And the poll also found that there was a decreased focus on retirement planning. It was down 5%. And travel plans were down 9% but there was an increased emphasis on the day-to-day -day expenses. That was up 11%. So people are starting to look more at the day-to-day -day stuff than they are the, the farther out things like traveling and retirement. Um, so that's, that's a kind of an interesting shift in mindset for people with their money. And there was a big shift of, of people writing financial plans in that for example, about 15% of people only had a financial plan, which is not uncommon, to be honest with you. But there was 20% that said they weren't comfortable with their finances. So people are starting to look at them a little bit harder and a little bit closer. And about 25% of Canadians have reported in the survey that they were feeling like they only understand the basics of their finances without feeling completely clueless. And there's nothing wrong with that because now they're starting to ask questions and you're starting to learn. And if you're out there and you're starting to feel a little bit clueless, like they reported with your finance, say, you know what, you're in the majority, you're in good company and you have an opportunity to correct that and learn it. That is for sure. So I always said, and I always will, and I will always believe that you have the ability to understand your finances. And frankly, that's all you need to do. Because you understanding my finances or your neighbor's finances or your cousin's ex-husband's brother once removed, whatever, it doesn't help you. What helps you is to understand your finances. Now, the only way it would help you to understand your neighbors is if there was some trick or tip or great piece of information that was valuable that they were going to share with you that you could implement. So just remember, you can understand your own stuff. And that's what we do here on Financially Speaking at the Inspired Choices Network. And I welcome you and all your questions. Please cut in anytime or email me and let me know if there's a, something you want to hear and we'll do that. And we'll be right back next week with tackling another topic and having a guest. So we'll see you then. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.